Hey, everybody, it's my birthday. And for my birthday, what I would love for you to do is check out any of our resources, which could include uh, the, the Caverns Pod Twitter. It could include the Caverns Pod Tumblr. It could involve just writing on our iTunes page, which is, which is a form of way of getting to us anyway. So please leave us, like us, rate us, review it, because this is my birthday. And as the youngest member of the Caverns Pod people, <laughs> I would enjoy that sort of support. You damn liar. <laughs> Oh, and one last thing. After we finished the episode, we realized it could really use a sports announcer, so we reached out to my friend Paul Piokoshevsky, so thanks to him for doing that. Also, if you're wondering why none of the characters seem to be able to hear the announcer, well, I mean, they can't. To the episode. Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons-powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, the party prepared to play Mage Handball for a sold-out crowd. The game has finally begun. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We're here today for a game of Mage Handball, and this one is shaping up to be a classic. Today's game, between the Massacara Mamers having won all 68 games this season, and the Tudo Perpetuals. 29 wins on the season, the most they have won in decades. I'm Arteril Jones, and I'll be your announcer for today's match. The Perpetuals, such as they are, take the field, throwing around the ball, dancing it from wand to wand, really not looking like an experienced mage, professional mage handball team. The bases are about 35 feet apart, Home through fourth base are just in a straight line, 35 feet apart, with a long distance to the wall. The crowd is everywhere. The oval-shaped field is the center of attention. Today's game being played at the fabled Tabor Hill grounds. Normally, we could only fit 3,000 raucous fans in here, but if this announcer had to guess, we have upwards of 10 thousand fans on hand clamoring to catch today's game. People hanging from the rafters, thousands cramming in on the grassy embankment beyond the outfield. This announcer, ladies and gentlemen, has never seen anything like this. Agata begins to warm up his pitcher, throwing to Fuku catcher. Hey, what are you doing? I'm warming up. What do you mean? Catch. I'm an old man. Stop trying to hit me. I'm not trying to hit you. I'm trying... Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to warm my up my throwing arm. You catch, you th- toss it back to me. Catch the ball! Oh, Finnick oh. yells from the outfield. All right, I'll try. What's Finnick doing way back there? First of all, it's not Finnick. Oh. We're using different names. Second of all, he's the fastest, so he's out far. Because he can run fast. Remember? We talked about this. Oh. Let me rev- let me review my rules to Mage Handball that I have written inside this paper shield. Yeah, why don't you look at that quickly? Oh, this is a weird game. It is a weird game. So now you know what you're doing. You're catching. Finnick is out there. I think I've got the gist. Okay. Hank takes up his normal position between third and fourth, trying to do a long ball catch with the stationarily armed... Finnick in the outfield, who is doing his best not to give away his disguise too early. The players are ready. The umpires have taken their positions. They are then pointed towards the play. As the maimers gather and uh, prepare to 
start the game, Fook mumbles a little spell under his breath directed at their team. And now, at bat for the maimers, team captain Ty Cobb, the unstoppable force and the immovable object. Ooh, hello. Right, so I'm going to take the first run and the bleeding will begin. Ooh, what? What's with all the aggression? Why don't we just play friendly? Let's just shake hands and have a nice friendly game. We're going to be friendly after the game. I'm doing this for the money, just so you know. Wait, we get paid? What? I get paid. Ooh, no one's mentioned it to me. Well, that's, that's up to your agent. What? I get an agent? Look, is this game going to start? I really want to start the game, guys. Just do the thing. Agata warms up her pitching arm and throws her first pitch, which did not come off the way she wanted to. Ty Cobb takes a mighty swing. His wand connects, and a flash of power as his mage hand launches the ball in the air way, way back. And that once hit way out towards the outfield. It's going right for that screaming boy. So the ball takes a majestic arc. On any other day, this would have been out of the park. But the rain is falling. The air is thick. And the ball begins to fall short of the wall. Finnick turns around and runs as quickly as he can, keeping his eye on the ball, and dives just at, before he hits the wall and snatches the ball out of the air. I'm going to be asking you to be very specific about how you're doing this. Oh, no, why? <laughs> you have several sets of arms. Oh. Uh, just as he's about to hit the back wall, he jumps reaches his left arm out of obscurity and quickly, before anyone can see it, snatches the ball out of the air and slams it into the mouth of Kevin McAllister. (laughs) Oh, and he somehow managed to come down with the ball in his mouth, ladies and gentlemen. In all my years of announcing, I have never seen anything like this. Jeez, that blonde kid's good at this. The crowd... Gasps. They didn't. They don't quite know how he's done it, but he makes a diving catch and comes up with the ball in his mouth. They have never seen anybody do this. It is not specifically forbidden by the rules, so it is a legal catch. The first out has been made. I think you've underestimated us, Mr. Guy. Well, that, that was a lucky one. If it wasn't raining, that'd have been out of the park. Speaking of out of the park, why don't you move out of the park? Oh, I'll get you next. <laughs> Hello, Mama number two. You're looking a little, um, under the weather. If somebody hits me in the stomach, I'm going to throw up. Fook hits him in the stomach. He throws up. <laughs> I feel somehow worse. Agata, motivated by her last slightly pathetic pitch, winds up focuses on the maimer, and throws out a super fast ball. This ball comes in at about 96 miles an hour and looks to be a straight fastball, and at the very last second begins to break, snaking low and away, missing the bat of the maimer. Uh, you gotta, do you actually know how to do this? I guess so. Oh, cool. Fuchs snatches the ball out of the air and says, Thank you for throwing it low. I aim to please, Fook. I aim to please. So do I. Oh, Gart yeah. Algor, the the massacre's waybacker, sort of groans. Oh, that was sickening. Yes, indeed. Maybe you should just give up now. No, I'm not allowed. 
Agata throws out another pitch, fast and furious. This one just comes in high, comes in hard, and he's not able to come around on it. Strike two. Fook grumpily leaps for it. Uh, fast on that last pitch, Agata throws another one just as hard and just as fast. The maimer stands there. He's got a lot of mucus and just lets the pitch go by. Oh, no, I can go sit down for a while. Maybe sit down forever. You're out of here. I'm honestly starting to believe we know how to play this game. <laughs> Hank, I don't know how to play this game. I'm just thinking this is a sword and I'm throwing it at them. You're not supposed to throw your sword together. <laughs> how many times do I have to explain to you how to use your own equipment? We're all about 50 feet away. There's no way that we can hear each other right now. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you talking to? <laughs> Throwing a spear Agata and Hank actually are very close yeah, to each other. We can talk. We're yeah. like 30 feet away. Yeah. Fook is getting cocky and uses his mage hand to clean up the, the home base. And now stepping up to the plate for the maimers, Parstar Fazul perhaps expecting some divine guidance to help her hit a dinger. Parstar Fazul has very long claws on the end of her hands. The dig into the bat. Ooh, hello, lovely lady. Save it for the after party. I'm looking forward to this after party. You're a cute one, aren't you? I enjoy your glutes. Oh, you can enjoy my glutes. Can someone please throw the ball? I'm throwing right Give now. Give it a minute. Nope, I'm throwing. In order to stop the disturbing flirting that's going on at home plate, Agata throws a pitch quickly. Parstar is obviously distracted by the flirting going on because that swing is late and misses. Strike one. Looks like you're striking out, but a little later you might be changing your fortunes. I'd say we get at least a second base. Oh, I get to second base with myself all the time. Continually disturbed by the flirting, she may, <laughs> wants to make it stop. She whips, Agata whips that ball at home base. This one dances like a knuckleball, just unpredictably hopping up and down. There's no spin, and Pyrostar is unable to pick this one up. Fook plucks it from the air. All right, this is, this is slightly concerning. This is a slightly concerning turn of events. Don't worry, madam. You're going to lose anyway. Agata, inspired by her previous pitches, gets a little overconfident and throws a lackluster one. This is a high-hanging curve. Parstar sees it coming out of her hand, follows it all the way in, and gets a real good swing, launching a line drive deep into the outfield. Uh, Finnick, lulled into a false sense of complacency, having seen the last two uh, out and Agata really getting her stride and striking the last one out, Finnick isn't paying attention to what's happening. The ball sails over his head as he's smelling a dandelion. He looks up. Oh, shit. Fook, on the other hand, is a live wire, and as soon as he sees that ball hit the ground, he moves to try and tackle the lady orc. Parstar breaks out on the first hit of the game, and it's just going to run as fast as she can to get on base and get somebody on base. And is immediately tripped up by this tiny little gnome who grabbed her by the ankle. Ooh, very narrow, supple ankles. So Parstar is unable to get the quick jump that she normally does, but is still able to break free of Fook and start running towards first. Call me! We'll see about it! So she's moved 30 feet and is 5 feet from first base. Finnick feels a little bit stupid for letting it sail over his head, so he dashes after it as quick as he can and picks up the ball, Looking for someone open 
to throw it to. Agata <laughs> readies her magic wand and... <laughs> Why are you looking at his face? Because this is so predictable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's yeah. I got a righties her magic wand and throws a guiding bolt at Parstar. Oh, and look at that. A magic blast straight to the chest. The crowd goes wild. They have not seen a Tudo Perpetual do anything to anybody in years. They, they're kind of taken aback. First, by the idea that there was a strikeout, which people had to be reminded of what that was, that that could happen to the other team. The crowd is insane, and Parstar is staggered a bit. Fook rushes about halfway to first base and then whips out the wand, points it at the base, and moves it away from the orc. <laughs> Uh, let it be said that Kyle currently has a look on his face that is like, what the hell do I, I do with I, this? I, okay, I have. I don't think I've been that speechless. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd is speechless. You could hear a pin drop. For the first time in what feels like years, the first base umpire gets a glint of something that something is not right. And throws down the one thing that they have never thought they would ever have to use. Their hat to mark first base. Because that's ridiculous. You can't move the base. The hat's the base. The hat's the base. Hank, taking a much more humanitarian approach than Agata, casts the spell of sleep and just shouts, 99, as magic shoots out of his fingers, trying to wash a wave of tiredness over the orc. The orc is already very confused by everything that is going on around her. That she's able to shrug off this wave of tiredness and keep running towards the base. Which is now just a pointed area on the ground where there was once a base. Parstar is not going to get stuck here. Parstar dashes to second. As the orc runs by Agata, Agata tries to smash her in the middle, in, right in the torso, and misses. It gets nothing but the cloth of her uniform as she charges on past. Parstar now touches second base. And coming safely into base, Parstar Fazul for the Maimers. A good hustle by the Perpetuals to try and slow her down, but to no avail. She'll be looking to advance further on this next hit. There's now a runner on second with two outs in the top of the first. And next up to the plate, ready and eager to do some damage, it's El Shaz Futso. I got a disappointed by the last pitch, throws a lackluster pitch. And this one is another high-hanging curve that El Shaz Futso is able to really swing on and pulls the ball launching it oh and he's hit that one hard ladies and gentlemen it is going going oh it falls just short finnick impressed by this ridiculously good hit just watches the ball ah pretty oh shit the crowd groans as another fly ball hits the wall the ball is very distant from anyone and the runners are off 
and Fook again springs into action, whipping his wand out towards the runner and attempting to pull his shorts down to his knees. Elshaz is trying to hold up her short shorts as the mage hand attempts to pull them down, but since she was focused on running, she doesn't quite able to get her fingers into the belt loops and her pants fall to her knees and she trips. Please don't take that as sexual assault. (laughs) And her ridiculous underwear is revealed for all to see, embarrassing her greatly. Ooh. (laughs) The whole crowd points and laughs. So she manages to get back to her feet, manages to get back to her feet, and makes it less than halfway to first base. Parstar on second base dashes at full speed towards the fourth scoring base. As Parstar tries to pass Hank, he swings at her with his bat, aiming for the knees. As Parstar is passing through, she's hit right in the knees. Looks at fourth base. Looks at the man who just hit her. And is just too angry to let this one pass. Oh no, I I think I done messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Parstar shoots out her own guiding bolts, getting revenge, but not on the same person, just on the closest person. Oh, and they're hit right in the solar plexus with a blast of magical energy. And they're still glowing after the fact. Hank winces in pain as he gets hit with the searing energy, but he's also a little bit happy that the glow that he has now enveloped with makes him look pretty good. Like... Like it's kind of a nice aesthetic that he now glows. You look like a tasty little meat treat. <laughs> Finnick from the outfield. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, Finnick. Finnick has a new crush. Just With those thighs, how could you not? Those thighs. Finnick dashes out to the far wall, picks up the ball, and looks back in for a target. Agata looks back and casts Hold Person on Parsnip. on Parsnip, the orc near third base, holding her in place. Fook is going to use Mage Hand to uh, tie the shoelaces together of the woman on the ground. I love the image of Fook just like chasing her, tying her shoes, just pestering her as she tries to run. Having just been able to rise back to her feet, Elshaz looks down as her shoelaces begin dancing and entwining with each other. And looks back and shoots daggers at Fook. Hank, seeing that the orc near him is already held and doesn't have the ball yet, he decides to cast hold on the orc that is running towards first base. This orc has just fallen down, gotten back up, pulled up her pants, had her shoelaces tied, feels a magical energy trying to hold on to her and restrain her, and she just wills away. Not another thing guys i'm sorry i feel like my magic's not doing too good right now i'm just gonna hit things for a little bit elshaz kicks her feet apart manages to break her own shoelaces and hobbles her way to first base as the orc runs by agata agata strikes out with her bat trying to take out her balance oh and that's a vicious strike right to the gut The blow hits, and she just keeps chugging along. All she has to do is just get to the goddamn base. And she stands, stops at first base. Parstar is able to shake off the magical bonds holding her, using all of her mental strength to do so, and remains staring deep into the eyes, the beautiful eyes of Hank. (laughs) 
Uh, Finnick, feeling extremely heroic, makes his best possible throw to Hank, and he has way too much faith in his throw, and it is wobbly, but it gets there. Hank, finally ready, throws at point-blank range the ball right into Parstar's Pazool. <laughs> That's, That's her name. name. That's her dumbass name. <laughs> See, now it's funny. <laughs> the ball, because it couldn't possibly miss, hits Parstarn. I think I'm starting to get the hang of this game. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be the one who knows about it? Yeah, but you know, theory and action are different things sometimes. Okay. Ooh, does this mean that we're now at bat? Yeah. The Parstar walks past Hank, hitting him in the shoulder as she passes. Lucky play. Thank you. And they change around for the sec for the bottom of the first. Guess who is pitching? Parsnip. Yes, Parstar. Fazul. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I have to remind you that this Perpetuals team is playing better than they have in decades, especially at home, where their record has always been especially dismal. Fuchs steps up to bat. I. Uh... Hefting his wand and looking confident. And coming up to bat for the Perpetuals. A player I've never seen before. Exceptionally short, clearly exceptionally old, but his face seems stretched over his skull for whatever reason. Well, let's see what he can do. Pystar is a little worse for wear, but wants to get revenge. Uh, just a second, I've got to read these rules again. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Fuchs swings and hits the ball. It's not a mighty hit. It looks like it's going to be an easy pop-up. But the moment Fuchs hits it, Hank casts Gust of Wind right behind it to try to give it some extra oomph. The ball moved too quickly on the bat, and the Gust of Wind just blows the hair of the people around him. The ball is a weak, weak fly ball. It's just out of the infield, but it's not very deep into the outfield, so... Gart Algor was playing a bit deep and has to run in, and this ball is going to drop in front of him. So it hit the ground? Yes, you're running. He has to move 30 feet to get it, picks it up, and is going to throw it to first base. It barely makes. It's a bit of a wobbly throw. It pulls the pitcher off the base, so the pitcher is now five feet to the left of first base. Fook runs five feet forward and then disappears in a silvery mist and reappears standing on first base, triumphantly raising his arms above his head. The umpire did not see that, does not see anything, just sees where you ended up. Safe at first. Finnick steps up to bat. And now, stepping up to bat for the perpetuals, the screaming boy that I had never seen before today. One wonders how well he'll play with his face permanently contorted in an expression of fear and astonishment. The catcher, the gigantic war chief, Ty Cobb. If you hit this one, I swear I'll be the one to take you down. Fennec just turns to him, hands on face, scream <laughs> face. My colleague Culkin. Fennec turns back, pulls out his arms in a brazen display of this is a disguise <laughs> and uh, brandishes his bat behind him. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that this player has produced a second set of arms. 
This can only mean one of two things. He's some kind of mutant screaming spider boy. Or those have been fake arms the entire time. We don't know who this screaming boy really is, or why he's chosen to disguise himself as a screaming boy. But something definitely is not right here at Tabor Hill Grounds. They don't know who you are, but they now know you're wearing a disguise. Ty Cobb calls time, runs up to the pitcher. They have a quick little powwow. Runs back. The ball comes in. This one goes right past you. It's a straight fastball down the middle. The ball is thrown back incredibly quickly. There is no talking. Oh. Well, that was faster than I thought it would be. Mr. Pitcher, your mother wears combat boots. She does. All do. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Parstar is able to throw another one by you. This is a little slider that goes right on the outside corner. Phoenix just taking his time. (laughs) (laughs) The ball is very quickly thrown back. The crowd is cheering. They saw something weird happen, but they don't care. There's a base runner for the first time in Perpetual's history. If look, maybe I'm I'm going to try to tease the pitcher now. Pitcher, um, you have a lot of unused potential. You could be more, you know? You could put more on yourself. Fook eyes the distance between his base and the next one, thinks for a moment, and then summons a celestial dog and mounts it. I can't run fast enough to get to the next base, but Steve can. Finnick has been waiting for this. He winds up and smacks a ground ball just past second base. Oh, and he's connected with a ground ball that goes right between the infielder's legs. But they do not react as though they care about the ball. And he's taking off running and... Oh. Oh! Mage handball fans, this is highly unusual as the entire Mamers team is ignoring the base runner and are making to attack the screaming boy with vicious intent in their eyes. As soon as Fook sees them start to run for Finnick, he uh, grabs onto his chubby dashend and says, Run like the wind, Steve! <laughs> and sets off for the next base. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe my eyes, but it appears this base runner is no longer a runner, but a rider, as he's found some sort of dog to carry him home. Uh, Okay, they are going to ignore you. As Finnick begins to take his first steps out of the batter's box, Ty Cobb is going to first lash out with his club that he holds by his side. Finnick turns to the side and catches only half of it as he stumbles his way towards first. That's a glancing blow right off the shoulder. Parstar Fazul is going to charge right up at you. It's going to drop her club and slice at Finnick with her claws. The claws slice out, slicing at the rubber arms and the rubber face. The screaming face of a small eight-year-old boy is ripped asunder to reveal... The screaming face (laughs) (laughs) of a halfling rogue. Who did not expect this to happen? All hell breaks loose. They recognize the man who burned their home to the ground. Oh, hey. Anyone (laughs) want to play marbles? (laughs) (laughs) The entirety of the maimers run from the dugout as fast as they can. It is a bench-clearing brawl. Meanwhile, Fook, on a chubby dashend, is dashing with all of the celestial speed that Small Dog has to get the first run for their team. And he is home! 
That's a run! That's the first run the Perpetuals have scored at home since this announcer started working! I can't believe my eyes! The crowd has gone absolutely insane. You remember the name of the rules of Mage Handball! Finnick, having listened to Cap's rules before the game, remembers that once he's on base, they can't do anything to him. So with so little life left, he squeezes out from his predicament, disengages from the orcs, and dashes for first base and holds on to it for dear life. Oh, that poor defenseless halfling with the entire Mamers team on him has made it safely to base. The umpire calls safe. There is no longer a forced play. Fuchs' run is official. It is one nothing perpetuals. All hell as again, is in the middle of breaking loose. I cannot stress enough <laughs> how loose hell is. Hell is free and clear and easy and happy. Finnick flips over on his back, relieved, then sees so many orcs <laughs> running toward him. Oh, shit. Agata, having seen the horrendous attacks that Finnick has taken and sees that he's barely clinging on to dear life, sends a prayer of healing at Finnick, healing him and restoring vitality. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's your healing noise. <laughs> Fook, seeing the chaos of the moment, uh, turns and looks out into the stands and sees someone still sitting happily in their seat, enjoying the game, right next to a beautiful-looking sack with a note on it. He reaches out with his his wand that he's dearly going to miss and yanks that that sack into the midst of the chaos where it cracks open and little gnomish toys zip out, making a huge amount of noise, a cacophony of bells and whistles and sirens. There is pandemonium in the crowd. They now, no one knows what is causing these noises. They have seen one of the most brutal acts of violence that they've seen on a field. They have seen their team score. They are watching a bench-clearing brawl in progress. And suddenly there are little metal machine things running around. There is a stampede. And in the midst of all of this, one of the... Beef Mitten stands, gets knocked over, and the fire that supported its cauldron of boiling beef spills onto the mittens, which go up like a light. And this wooden stadium begins to catch fire. Oh, geez, we gotta stop burning stuff down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Oh, it looks like the stadium is on fire! Ladies and gentlemen, the stadium appears to be burning! Someone has knocked over a cauldron of oil, of course used to cook those delicious, delicious beef mittens. Hank runs out onto the field and seeing that the whole Mamers team is running towards Finnick, he casts the spell of grease under them to make the terrain really slippery, trying to invoke a slapstick style fallover fest. (laughs) The four bench players for the Mamers see just a puddle of what looks like greasy mud in front of them from the rain. And the bartender, Ribs Mizell, is able to force his way through. So is Bade Fjert, is able to make it. Say that, I don't care if it's right, say that again. That's a terrible name. Babe Fjert. <laughs> Shub Nurt also manages to... Make it halfway through and then face plants into the mud. 
You name things worse than George Lucas. <laughs> and then, urgh, Also face plants on top of Sherbinert. Their eyes are red with rage. Ty Cobb does not stand for this sort of thing. Does not stand for the dishonor brought upon the team. Does not stand for somebody burning down an orc bar. Regardless of whatever the rules of the game are, he's going to ignore them. And he's going to take out this thing in front of him. And, and oh, of the Maimers team, they're continuing to attack him anyway. Even though he's safe on base, this is a clear disregard for the rules. This is clear disrespect to the other team. And, and the umpire's coming over. The umpire's coming over. He's waving. He's making some kind of signal with his hands. And the umpire points at Ty. Jerks his thumb back. You're out of here. Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. The game is over. The Maimers have been disqualified. And that means that the Perpetuals have won. The Perpetuals win. The Perpetuals win. The Perpetuals have won their first home game in recent memory. And the crowd is going absolutely bananas. The Maimers have not lost a game since they were hired. Parstar Fazul becomes even more incensed at the umpire and bestows a curse upon him. The umpire is now frozen in place. Uh, Elshaz Futzo, running in, swerves and also turns to an umpire and begins pleading her case. What? That was obvious. It's forearms. Come on, come on, forearms. And the crowd are going absolutely ballistic. This looks like it's going to turn into a good old-fashioned sports riot. It is now pandemonium even more as there are people screaming and running from the burning stands. The field is filling with fans. The orc supporters are charging in. The umpires are getting into it with the orcs. The crowd is dense and thickly packed. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that the crowd is going insane and there may not be a stadium here tomorrow morning, but I would just kick myself if I didn't take this opportunity to talk about how much I love beef mittens. Beef mittens, the official snack of Mage Handball. It's the perfect amount of beef. A mitten full of beef. Finnick, still alive? Uh, jumps up off his back and runs toward the Perpetual's dugout towards Hank. He uses as much dash as he needs to to get to Hank and then hides behind him. Hank turns around to the cowering Finnick behind him, lifts him up, and goes, Fly, little guy, fly! He casts gaseous form on Finnick, and he turns into a cloud of himself, and Hank just sort of blows and wafts him upwards to try to get him higher out of the reach of the orcs. Finnick has a very confused look on his face. I did not consent to this! Poof, your gas. I gotta use this thaumaturgy to turn her natural voice into a stadium-filling, booming announcer voice. Everybody, Everybody please, please move, move peacefully, peacefully and, calmly and calmly to the, the exit. exit. There is no there need is no to need panic. panic. Please exit, exit the stadium, stadium as soon as, as it is convenient. convenient. There is no need no to, panic. to panic. I repeat, I do, do not, not panic. The crowd listens to you. Uh, they now begin to focus most of their energies on getting the heroic rules of the game 
safe and free so he can get to the after party. They lift him up upon their shoulders and are crowd surfing him. Ooh, Steve, come. Come, Steve. <laughs> My name's Steve, too. Fook is in rescue mode, so he's keeping an eye out for anyone who might be trampled, might be injured, might be too close to the fire. And he's going to try and to direct the crowd to save them. Fook uses some skills that he doesn't even remember having to uh, direct the crowd and lead them to safety, as if they were his own private army. As the newest hero of Tudo, they obey your every command. This feels familiar. <laughs> they obey instinctively. The most captivatingly confident and competent Fook has ever been. This crowd is at his beck and call. And what could have been a great tragedy is turning into the best start to an after party ever. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Oliver Giorgio as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. Audio recording by Andrea Miller, theme by Derek Baldwin, edited by Maddox Campbell, created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell. Opening and credits read by Ralph McLeod. Caverns and Comedians is a Kicks and Giggles production. More information can be found at kicksandgigglesentertainment.com slash cavernsandcomedians or on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and review it. Your support will help us make more episodes. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might also enjoy... Once upon a time there was a gnome. Once upon a time there was an elf. Once upon a time there was a little. Once upon a time there was a gnome. Once upon a time there was a time. There was a time. There was a time. There was an old rock. Once upon a time. 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 And no one lived happily ever after. Fairy tales for unwanted children. Find us on iTunes or at periodically.ca. Hey, Steve Griffin here. here. Don't turn this off yet. You've finally got to the good part where we tell you about our podcast. It's called Kill to Death, and it's an improv podcast where we saw Made up murders. Not real ones. That would be so weird. We've had some great Toronto comedians as guests, including Chris Locke, Alistair Ford, Jackie Pierco, Amanda Brooke Devin Hyland, Colin Munch, Nicole Passmore, James Hartnett, Chris Wilson, our friend Aiden, three different guys named Dave, nobody named Lucas. Sometimes you can hear the guys above us through the walls. I think one's named no Cam. No ghosts. Exclusively ghosts. Ghosts. And so many more. Search Killed to Death on Facebook or iTunes. It's usually less than an hour. hour.